0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Wednesday, June the 1st. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day, episode one of two today here on june 1st feeling a little bit better this morning was not feeling great last night so i was unable to get a post game episode recorded but we are talking about it today i am lucas smith of the lockdown cardinals podcast part of the lockdown podcast network where it's your team every day thanks for tuning in and once again making it your first listen of the day each and every single day happy june everybody We finally made it to june kind of hard to believe at times but we have indeed made it through may and on to june and the Cardinals sit in a pretty decent spot. The second episode of the sh- of the day today will release a little bit later on is going to be kind of a, a, a midseason up, not a midseason, a quarter of the season update, if you will, for the St. Louis Cardinals as they, they, they sit in a pretty decent spot overall. If, if you uh, talk about it, well, that'll be for for episode two. Let's go ahead and get into the San Diego Padres series because a six to three win and a three to two win are two solid wins so far for the St. Louis Cardinals, and this is a San Diego Padres team that has been playing pretty well. Overall, for the most part, coming into this series, they had two really hot hitters that have really been cooled off by the St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff in Eric Cosmer and Manny Machado. Machado didn't even make it through the game yesterday as he was tossed, but even with this little two-game skid, the Padres still only sit three games out of the Los Angeles Dodgers for first place in the National League West. Um, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 now. So this is a this is a series that the Cardinals have, have really stepped up and they have shown, at least me, that this offense is starting to click, they're starting to find ways to win, and it's really been pitching, has been name of the game for this Cardinals team in these first two games. We'll, we'll start with Monday's game. How impressive was both Packing Naughton and Andre Palante. When when Naughton got the nod for the start on Memorial Day on Monday, I really wasn't too sure what to think about. You know, I talked about it with a crossover on with Javi on Monday. If you missed it, how, you know, I might have thought four to five innings would have been a success, but after watching the broadcast reading some other reports, it seems that one time through the lineup was going to be what not was expected for. He got through that one time in the lineup, two and a third innings pitched. He was charged with an earned run, he, but he struck out four, didn't walk him in, gave up one run, uh, charged with the run rather, and he gave up two hits. Andre Pellante comes in, he goes three and a third, Scatters five hits, gets charged an earned run, although he was not the uh, pitcher that gave up that run himself, and struck out five in his three and a third. Truly remarkable stuff by Andre Pallante. And with the Cardinals short on pitching, limited days off, and a doubleheader coming up on Saturday, Andre Pallante might have just earned himself a, a start at the major league level. I truly believe that. Not in pitch extremely well, but I think Pallante who has started at the, in the past at the minor league level, maybe a little bit more of a known commodity to, to Cardinal fans per se, I think he has earned himself a start in Andre Palante. And then behind him, Genesis, or Giovanni Gallegos gave up two hits. He was the one who gave up the inherited runner. Genesis Cabrera, a walk and a strikeout in a scoreless inning. And Ryan Helsley uh, showed his human side as he's the RA, um skyrocketed to 0. .51 in that game as he gave up a run in an inning and a third. But he still wasn't giving up hard contact, and his stuff still looked phenomenal. Uh, but but when, when this team pitches, similar to last year's team, they win, for the most part. Obviously, you didn't know that that was going to be the case after Wainwright pitched his tail off yesterday, and then you had Giovanni Gallegos blow it in the ninth inning. Or the eighth inning, excuse me. But just to go back to plante a little bit before I focus on Adam Wainwright, what do you guys think? Shoot me an email, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Drop me a DM at LJFastball on Twitter. Email the show, or uh, DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. I think Palante should start. I've been really impressed with him this season. He had that one little hiccup against the Toronto Blue Jays when he walked in two runs and that Michaelis start, but we're starting to see Michaelis show some chinks in the armor. Wainwright's starting to step up, but behind that, you really have no idea what you're going to get from this starting rotation so you might as well throw somebody in there who has been stretched out his last couple of appearances in Andre Pallante who has starting experience and who has success at the Major League level and obviously at the Minor League level throughout the course of his career to me Andre Pallante is, is a clear choice to start you also you could go Naughton, you could call up Jake Woodford for the 27th man on the doubleheader on on Saturday and I would be okay with that too the Cardinals while they might be you know, stretched pretty thin in terms of trying to get innings, they are not stretched thin on options. You have plenty of options. It's just the quality of those options that I think are being called into question here. Excuse me, still nursing back, so I had to drink a little bit of water there. Um, but I, the, the Saturday start will be interesting to see where the Cardinals go with it in terms of who gets a start. Do they go with another bullpen game? Because that's another thing about Monday. It was a true bullpen game. You knew Naughton was, you know, at least the broadcasters knew that they, they were spot on in their analysis that Naughton was going to go through one turn through the order because his last time out, he was a good one turn through against the Orioles. The second turn through, he started to get hit around. So the Cardinals said, all right, well, we're only going to have you hit or pitch through one part of the order. And problem solved. He did just that. And you had Polante go through. You know, you so you eat up two to three innings. He did just that. And then you close it out with your three seventh, eighth, ninth inning guys in Gallegos, Cabrera, and Helsley. And you call it good. A true bullpen game is something that the Cardinals have not find them found themselves winning frequently uh, this year, but they were able to win on Monday with a bullpen game. I'll talk about the offensive performances um, in segment two. I want to focus on pitching in this segment. And that means getting to focus on the man, the myth, the legend in Adam Wainwright. Best start of the year. He goes seven shutout innings, gives up two hits, both of them, to Luke Voigt, walks the man, strikes out ten. Truly a phenomenal start by Adam Wainwright. He, he had his, not only was it his best start of the year, he had his best stuff. Because sometimes your best stuff doesn't always equal the best start. You get hit around sometimes, yada, yada, yada. Wainwright was able to pair his best stuff with his best start. I was surprised to learn that was his only, or only his thir- 13th game of his career with double-digit strikeouts. I did not expect that from Adam Wainwright. I expected to see maybe a little bit more um, Double-digit strikeout games from Wainwright, two off his career high, but the 10 strikeouts was a season high. And I mentioned it last segment. The Cardinals are stretched thin on innings right now, so you know what they needed. They needed Adam Wainwright to be Adam Wainwright, and he did just that. Wainwright has had some good starts this year. He's five and he got some five wins. This was the first start that he hasn't had a decision. He's had some pretty good starts, but this was really the first time, really, or, or against a, a quality team. Obviously, he pitched well against the uh, the Padres. This was the first time I thought against a high-quality opponent that Wainwright stepped up and was vintage Waino, was Adam Wainwright that the Cardinals needed him to be, and it was almost picture-perfect from a team standpoint. However, Gallegos comes in, gives up the two-run home run to Grisham, and all of a sudden it's a tie ball game. Wainwright does not qualify for the win, but his ERA has dropped to 2.75. Long season to go, missed a couple starts. Innings might not be where you want them. But 40 years old with a 275 A is something that will play every single day. No questions about it. No ifs, ands, or buts. That will play over the course of 162 if he's able to continue at that level. I have no questions about that. You see Ryan Helsley come in. He walks a man, but he still gets out of it. Drew Verhagen does a phenomenal job with the help of some defense that I'll talk about in segment number two. But he's still able to get the three outs that he needs to get um, in that 10th inning to send it to the 10th before Pujols does his Pujols magic. But just a, a quick comment, a quick point, if you will, on Giovanni Gallegos. Because we did have a commenter uh, who's a frequent commenter, a frequent listener to lock on Cardinals uh, from Brazil, I believe. Uh, Francisco Campos uh, tweeted, at L-O- underscore Cardinals, you probably have a reason or an explanation, but I simply don't understand why we still have Giovanna Gagos in our bullpen. So I, th- this is my response. When he gets rest, he's effective. He's come up short in a number of spots this season, which is why he's lost a closer spot. Francisco then replied, well, dot, 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 maybe he's not that reliable then. Francisco, I hear you. I definitely understand the thought that Giovanna Gagos is not reliable or not as reliable as he has been, but he has been somebody that has been reliable in the past. And what was the the, the factor yesterday in his, in his unsuccess? He pitched the day before. Maybe Gio is a guy that you just, plain and simple, you draw a hard, fast rule, we're not going back-to-back days with Giovanni Gagos. It's just not happening. Maybe that's what you have to do to keep Gio sharp, but I still think he's got a good fastball, he's got a great slider, he's lost the closer spot for good reason. Helsey seems to be that guy that is locked down the closer spot. Uh, So that, that is the punishment right now for Giovanni Gallegos. And I think that that is punishment enough. Obviously, if he keeps blowing games like this, then you have to have a more of a conversation, but right now I'm okay with Gio losing the closer spot. And that being that the name of the first two games has been pitching and timely hitting for the Cardinals, at least in, in certain, uh, moments of the of the first two games so talk about the pitching to start off this next segment i'm talking about the newt bar throw because that thing was incredible and i don't want to let that be the i'm not going to bury the lead when i talk about uh, the the other parts of the game i want to start with pitching we're talking about the newt bar throw and the cardinal heroics from last night when we talk about uh, when we come back, rather in segment number two, but first I want to tell you all about Bet Online. It is the number one source for all of your betting needs this season, as well as any sports information you might want to find out. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which the finals are this week, Major League Baseball scores, NHL playoffs, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. You can find all of the latest odds at Bet Online because it continues to be your source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and anything you can imagine. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Note. How about that large new bar throw last night in the top of the 10th inning to keep the game tied, to send the Cardinals, or to send the game to the bottom of the 10th with the Cardinals still having a chance to win. That was probably the best moment of his season. Because he is somebody that, that was sent down, he's a fan favorite, although his numbers aren't inc- incredible. He put up some really good numbers at the AAA level, I will say that. But he is somebody that made an impact on yesterday's game. Despite going 0 for 1 at the plate, he was a pinch runner for Juan Yepes. But this, in large part, right now, is why Lars Nootbaar is at the major league level. Get a couple base hits; he can pinch run for Yepes. He's a defensive replacement right now. But this just goes to show that you can still make an impact in whatever role you have at the major league level. Because Juan Yepes has done a nice job overall. You know, 278 the batting average. You know, hit a couple big home runs. He was 1 for 3 yesterday. With a, with a single, but he's not an outfielder, and we've seen that. And if he's in that game in the 10th inning, do you think Juan Yepes is throwing out any runner at the plate? I don't think he is. All due respect to Yepes, Lars Nootbaar is put in that spot for a reason. Now, it just so happened the ball happened to find him, and he wasn't hit the right fielder, but when Donovan was playing, that might have been a different story. But Lars Nootbaar with a 96-mile-an-hour seed, to the plate, strike to Molina. He puts the tag down. All the momentum right there shifts to the Cardinals. Every single ounce of it. I talk about this. I I try, I think about this a lot anyways. Baseball is a momentum-shifting game. More than any other sport, I think. Right there and there and there, all the momentum shifted to the Cardinals. They start with a runner on second base. Paul Goldschmidt gets the Barry Bonds-like treatment, which is a no-brainer at this point. He's intentionally walked. Not quite Barry Bonds, because that was bases loaded. (laughs) But he's intentionally walked. You get Nolan Arnado to pop out. That's great. And then Tommy Edmund steals third base. This was a gutsy play. If it works out the way it did, we're talking about it the way we are. Great play, great intuition, sets up the winning run. Awesome. If he gets thrown out there, completely different narrative, completely different story. And now you've got Paul Goldschmidt at first with one out. Or two outs, excuse me. But even the way it worked out with Edmund stealing third and he did set up the sacrifice fly for Albert Pujols, Goldsmith did not run, so now you still have the double play in effect. It was not a double steal. Edmund, even though he was 0 for 5, made an impact on this game. Yes, it was because of the Rob Manfred ghost runner, but it was still an impact on the game and set up the winning run. Albert Pujols hits a line drive to left field that was caught by Profar. It wasn't a deep drive, but he was still able to score and the Cardinals go on with the winner. But you know how the Cardinals scored their other two runs today? Or yesterday, excuse me? Just throw out a guess. One was an Albert Pujols sacrifice fly. The other one, a Paul Goldschmidt double. His month of May was phenomenal. And if he's not player of the month this month, I don't know what to tell you. I know Betts is having a spectacular month. Machado had a great month. Uh, Alonso had a great month. Uh, Forget who was the player of the week, Uh, but it wasn't Goldschmidt. But Goldschmidt just was on a tear throughout the entire month of May. Literally every single day of May was on an absolute tear. A catalyst for this team, because not only did he get the scoring started in the third, he also made an impact on Monday's game, Memorial Day. You saw the Gorman home run, yes, but you also saw the Paul Goldschmidt home run when it was a 3-2 to game in the seventh inning after the Padres had a little bit of momentum. The Cardinals didn't score in a bases-loaded situation earlier in the game with Paul Goldschmidt at the plate. Padres were able to tack a couple runs back. It was, it was a close game. Uh, yeah, they got they got it within run, and then Paul Goldschmidt just sends one over the left center field wall, and then it went to the bullpen. Excuse me. And now the momentum. Not only is the momentum back with the Cardinals, but they also got a couple runs to go along with the momentum. Molina doubles in a run later. I, I talked about this in a show last week or a week and a half ago because it, it it's a question that is almost borderline scary to think about. Where would this team be without Paul Goldschmidt? Paul Goldschmidt has been an absolute monster for this team, especially since Nolan Arenado, although he did have a couple of hits yesterday, has been really struggling as of late. Really struggling. Paul Goldschmidt has been the savior for this team in May, and we're getting to the point now. And again, I'll talk about this in the second show that's released today. That this is where the team started to falter last year. Their June. Was not good at all, but Paul Goldschmidt has made sure that hey, we're going to make sure May is really good, and we're going into June on a little bit of a winning streak, putting ourselves in a good spot in the standings. Right now, the Cardinals sit just three games back of Milwaukee. And won their last two, looking for a sweep today. Paul Goldschmidt—it was just unbelievable. The other part of the offense from Monday that I want to talk about. Let's talk about Nolan Gorman and the start to his Major League career. I know a lot of you wanted to see him in pinch hitting in last night's game for Albert Pujols or in a couple other different spots, and I get that, but apparently he wasn't feeling super well. Hopefully uh, he's feeling a little bit better today, but holy cow. He was—he uh, had a three-hit game that game. Talk about a way to make an impact in your first 30 at-bats. He's got 31 at-bats at the Major League level. He's hitting 387. His OPS is over 1,000. Two bombs, seven RBIs. And when I say two bombs, I mean two absolute, no doubt, bombs. Both of them sounded pretty off the bat. Both of them left the ball yard by plenty. Nolan Gorman has been as advertised to start his major league career. You know why he's been as advertised? Because we've seen the hitting ability. We've seen the power. But we've also seen the 10 strikeouts in 15 games. We've And they, they came in bunches in that series against Toronto. And we've also seen the errors at second base. So Nolan Gorman has been 100% as advertised, which is a good thing because of the hitting, and also some things to work on, some things to think about with the fielding and the strikeouts. But overall, I don't think you can complain one bit about what Nolan Arnotto, or excuse me what, about what Nolan Gorman has done defensively, or not defensively. You can complain defensively, about what he's done offensively. He's been a nice little boost to this lineup. He's the left-handed hitter that this lineup has been lacking. They thought they had it in Dickerson, they do not. Dickerson continues to struggle at the major league level with the St. Louis Cardinals. But this was a game both Monday and Tuesday, to kind of wrap a bow on the two games. It was kind of a, it was a punch-counterpunch type of start both both times Monday and Tuesday. Because Monday you got the Padres take take the lead in the third. You come back with two runs in the bottom of the third on the Gorman home run. You add a run in the fifth. Uh, you you give up a run in the sixth, though so it's now it's a, it's a little closer of a game. It's it's you don't know what's going to happen. Goldschmidt hits yourself a bomb, and all of a sudden you add a little bit of momentum. Tuesday's game, you get on top with the Goldschmidt double. You add it to pool holes. Wainwright does a really good job. Okay, he goes gives up a two-run home run. Now you're tied. You got to fight right back. Punch counter punch. You know what can you do next? The Cardinals, you know the offense hasn't looked maybe at times hasn't looked super pretty. Like I mentioned, the, the bases-loaded situation uh, yesterday, the Cardinals were just 2-for-6 on, or they, they were 2-for-6 on Monday with runners in scoring position. They stranded 8, but you still had the bases-loaded situation uh, with, with Arnotto and Goldsmith that stranded runners. They were just 1-for-9 yesterday, and they stranded 9 runners on base. So there are some different st- statistical measures that you could say, oh, this team still needs to improve. But overall, I think the offense is in a much better spot right now than it was a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, or last this time last month, going into May. They're not an all-or-nothing team. Like yesterday, they, did, they didn't even hit a home run. They they had two doubles, uh, Goldschmidt and Sosa. So they're not an all-or-nothing team. They're not striking out as much. They're walking more. They had five walks yesterday. One of those was intentional to Goldschmidt. Donovan walked twice. Goldschmidt walked twice. And Arnado once. So this is a more complete offense, and I think it's because of the cast of characters you're seeing in it. You're seeing Brendan Donovan be more part of the offense. Sosa a little bit more. Yepes a little bit more. You're seeing characters in this offense that are a little bit more than just all-nothing type players. And even Gorman, who has struck out a fair amount, is getting a lot of two-strike, two-out hits as well. So the Cardinals have done the hard part. They've, or they've done the easy part, I guess. The easier are these two next parts. They've won the series. Now the next part, the extra hard part, is to go out and win the series. And I'll tell you why it's going to be extremely hard for the Cardinals to do that coming up here in just a moment if you're on your podcasting platforms. The reason that the sweep is going to be hard today is because it's a day game coming off a night game. That's a reason, something to think about. But the big reason is because the Cardinals have Dakota Hudson on the mound who has not been the type of starter that they expect him to be, that he can be. And because you Darvish gets the ball for the Saint Louis, for the San Diego Padres, Darvish this season is having, you know, something exceptional. But he's having a solid season. His WHIP sits at one point oh eight, so just over base runner per inning. His ERA sits at three point seven six. He's four and two in nine starts, fifty two and two thirds of an innings pitched for the right hander, the thirty five year old right hander. Hard to believe, really, that you Darvish is thirty five years old, but he is, and he. Just dominates against those Cardinals. They they struggle against him. Uh, so I will think I I think that the um, that the task is tall when you look at um, the Cardinals against you Darvish. You know you had the big moment. I remember a couple of years ago when he was with the Cubs in the this, the four game sweep. One of those games he gave up a late hit. Uh, I believe it was Goldschmidt or Molina. So you have the big moments against Darvish. But what makes this game tough, in my opinion, is the Dakota Hudson start. He has struggled to really impress more for more than a start or two at a time. His zero race sits comfortably at 3.22. You know, he's 3-2. and two. That's not terrible. But in nine starts, only got 44 and two-thirds of an innings pitch. His whip sits at 1.41, just 25 strikeouts in those 44 and two-thirds of an innings pitched. This is someone that needs to find the strike zone to be effective. And that is something that Dakota Hudson, plain and simple, has not been able to do he has not been able to find the strike zone this season which has led to a numerous amounts of of, of unsuccess zero race sits pretty good in his last seven starts at 2.39 but in 20 37 and two-thirds of an innings pitched he's walked 21 batters on the season in 44 and two-thirds of innings pitched, he's walked 23 batters and these are his last three starts against san francisco it was solid five shutout innings but still just five innings with two walks Against the Mets, four and two-thirds, seven innings pitched, five hits, four earned, two walks, two strikeouts. His last time out on the 27th of May against the Brewers, four and two-thirds, five hits, no one runs. That's good. That's why his ERA sits so low, but he walked four and struck out three, was unable to get past that five-inning mark. So if you're going just on the ERA, his last seven starts have been spectacular. He's having a great season, but you got to dig a little bit deeper to realize that Dakota Hudson is not having that great of a season. And I'm a Dakota Hudson fan. I wish him all the best. I think he can do good things for the St. Louis Cardinals. But at the end of the day, right now, he's just not getting the job done. So that's why I think this sweep is going to be hard to pull off, especially because we're not going to see Gallegos today. You're not going to see Halsey today. So those are your two top pitchers that are done. Pallante's probably out. Naughton's not going to be available. You're going to have to try and string together innings after Dakota Hudson gets out of the game. And guys, trust me, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope Dakota Hudson is able to go out there today and throw five to six, maybe even seven, shutout innings. I hope I'm wrong. But the bullpen—I feel like we've been saying this for the last couple weeks—is pretty thin right now. And the Cardinals, I think, with the series 1, because that's what—that's—that's that's the goal, win series. I don't see them deploying their top pitchers, and a couple of them just are going to be straight up unavailable because of back-to-back usage. I wouldn't—I would imagine Hells is not available till Friday. That would just be my guess because I've used him so sparing, sparingly before this after one back-to-back day's appearance on Monday and Tuesday, they might want to give him a little bit extra time. And Gallegos, we know he's better with rest. And he's pitched on back-to-back days. So Cabrera might be available. Probably see uh, maybe Verhagen on a back-to-back night. Maybe you see uh A couple of different options the Cardinals have. Whitley but not the top-tier guys. So you do wonder how the Cardinals are going to get the innings that they need to today from their starting pitching. I say that. They were able to do it on Monday when that was a huge question in Monday's start, especially with Naughton on the mound, and they impressed a ton. Uh, Naughton, Palante, uh, they impressed a ton on that Monday start. So... We'll see what the Cardinals are able to do today to, to pull out the sweep. Uh, the, the Cardinals have released their lineup. They're going Donovan, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Yepes is playing first. Dickerson gets a start in left. Newt bars in right. Sosa's out short. Kisner catching and Bader playing center field. So we'll look to see what the news is on Nolan Gorman why he isn't in the lineup today. For the Padres, it's Profar, Machado, Hosmer. He gets the start up to the day off yesterday. Voight is cleaning up D.H. Uh, Cronenworth, Sung Kim, Austin Nola, Trent Grisham, and Jose Azekar, who was thrown out of the plate last night. Uh, a sweep against the Padres would be huge momentum going into the weekend uh, against the Chicago Cubs when you have a five-game series But the Cardinals. I don't think They're not going to throw the kitchen sink at this game because they know that they need arms and energy for the rest of this weekend against the Chicago Cubs. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Cardinals. Uh, if you haven't watched the other episode that's out today, again, that is kind of a, a two-month Memorial Day update, if you will, for the St. Louis Cardinals because it's important to look at, you know, where they expected themselves to be at this point versus where they actually are because it is it might not be exactly what the Cardinals uh, thought go, they were going to be at come June 1st. But with all the injuries and the underperformances, under not the worst spot to be in, just three games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. So be sure to tune into that one. Be also sure to tune in to today's episode of Locked on MLB with our pal Paul Francis Sullivan, but be sure to call him Sully. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCardinsEmail.com. And until I talk to you guys next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.